Welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. Any new listeners, our Leo season continues strong. In fact, we have some more amazing energies about the 16th is a new moon, but there's also this other thing. Let's see. Um, I don't know if any of you know astrology a little bit, but apparently Chiron in Aries, the Leo sun forms a trine with Chiron in Aries, which happens to be in retrograde. Chiron is known as the wounded healer, giving you an opportunity to understand where your insecurities are stemming from and how you can use your experiences to help others. To heal others is also to heal yourself, giving them what was never given to you and breaking cycles of trauma. So as you can see, that's definitely adaptive child talk with an inner child. Uh, Zen masters would talk about, simply put, you can work with your own emotions as they arise. And so insecurities, if you still have any, of course, uh, they are for reasons that you can contemplate and then proactively decide how to work with the energy of the insecurity and or the energy of the emotion because the insecurity might be a different emotion. So, for example, my relationship with fear and the aspects of uh, the body. So when something begins to bother me, I get afraid I'll die. That whole ego death, which really it's just a person who gets uh, aware a lot. It's hypersensitivity to sensations. And then obviously that amygdala is alerted and there's the habit of moving into fear state. So it's not something though mechanical. This is why it's your relationship with the situation. So it's not just a substance that you can have a relationship with and make it compulsive, but it's also simply put, not compulsive necessarily, but the relationship with an external situation. And although emotions, they stem from within, it's still something you handle. So it's an exchange of you contemplating and or looking to ease the body, of course, for fear and any insecurity, really. Um, but if we want to maintain a practicality, let's say some of you are insecure about starting a business or starting a relationship, so you're thinking of it in those terms. That's still something you can work with with yourself because that's the mind of yours that can allow room for the unknown to be unknown through tick to take the aspect of risk. No, of course, you're not going to go if it goes well or not but you make, you make smart, calculated risks. So if it's business, you don't you know, make yourself penniless. I know some, people's ha- some people have done this. Personally, I don't agree with taking risks that put you in a difficult situation because it's unnecessary to struggle in order to succeed. Now, some people have a very different mindset about that, and most of those people are in Maya land because the minute you think you have to struggle... To move into success is the minute that you've applied a word that is going to make your life a struggle. And you've also used the whole law of manifestation, attraction, just anything that is in the mystical plane in a way that I would say, what are you doing? Besides the fact that your mind is the predictor machine and just anything you speak, your body's going to feel because you're using your mouth and your thoughts. So your body's going to be like, oh gosh, life's going to be a struggle. Get ready. So there are those stories that people will have uh, had growing up, and if you know yours, and you're ready to move into the 5D space and be yourself, then, you know, you're going to not take your time to sit and struggle for no reason, 
except for the stereotype or the storyline of it. And that's if children think that we heal others. We don't heal others. We support each other even though we help each other as well. And I know that it's a play on words. Of course, we can all use different words in different ways. But what I'm trying to say is that a person who's their own Zen master and connected to that pure consciousness and pure energy will acknowledge that every person is a different body and head from them and that their trauma may be unresolved. It's going to be theirs to take and become aware of. Without awareness, you don't have purusha. You can't connect to your own self. And although in the yoga language they talk about you not having a self and da-da-da-da, the reality is that you can consider it a way of philosophizing, but neuroscience has found how to explain how the brain works when we're in these states of channeling, when we're connected to the sphere of consciousness. So there is also this thing called selflessness without you not being a person, meaning I'm Maria. Even in states of connectedness, yes, there's selflessness, timelessness, there's the effortlessness, and there's the richness, but I'm still present as the one who's downloading, if not the information, and it's not a download, like, it's not a little computer download, it's an actual formulation of a thought, and when you look at how people are explaining the mind, they're using the word energy and neuroception and, and neuroceptors and a lot of other things, so just remembering that you are the one who thinks the thoughts. Now, here's the difference with the self that the yoga instructors mean. They're not talking about the self. They're talking about people who only use the left mode of their brain. Those are adaptive children. They're in rumination. They're in the inner critic, outer critic, and then they deny through distractive activities that become compulsive because they use them to self-soothe. When I'm stressed, I go, fuck. When I'm stressed, I go drink. When I'm stressed, I go do drugs. When I'm stressed, I go eat. When I'm stressed, I go lay down and do nothing all day long. When I'm stressed, I go procrastinate when I stress. So I'm using the word stress because that's the easiest way to make it very tangible and understandable. But obviously, it doesn't have to be that straightforward. I would smoke to de-stress. I did not become addicted, but I don't smoke again because I am a smoker. I like my tobacco. And I used it as something, so I have a habit, and we are creatures of habit. One of the things that I would do when I'd write was enjoy a cigarette. And so maintaining it to the correct number that my lungs told me was ideal, which is three, never happened. Okay, and so that's why. It's more of, mm, I know that it's not going to be something straightforward to keep it to three because I enjoy smoking not because it's addictive. The moment I quit was the moment I was like, wow, I've never smoked one day of my life. And all the people who actually made their own little assumptions, because, you know, people, they don't believe when a person says, I know my own self. So apparently, you know, they're all shocked. Oh my gosh, you didn't get rude. You didn't get snappy. You didn't do anything. It almost looked like you never smoked one day of your life. Well, go figure when you're not addicted to substance. Yeah, that's what happens. So long story short, uh, we are our own owners, those who have never disconnected from Purusha Prakriti, love cycle people. It's the adaptive child that has the inner child wound, and this is not to tease anyone. It's to say that it's only the people who sit in their temporal junction and ruminate and think that they need healing and that others need to heal them and vice versa that don't take the awareness of it's a proactive life, meaning you participate to that journey. 
So it's not bad or good. We've been used to this. I mean, I was watching this um, documentary, docu-series. I don't know what it is called now, but on cults. And obviously they're creating a little bit of an exaggeration. Everybody basically that is anything spiritually leader seems to be being put in this documentary as a cult. But I'm assuming they're only going to go talk about actual cults that had people not in such great places. Um, So what they describe is very interesting. And as we confronted notes, it was, yeah, we're in a similar time because there's a moment where a person was talking about how people felt lost and the world was changing. And right now our world is changing and people feel lost. But uh, it's definitely in a different time than the 1960s, I think this was. The fact that they say time doesn't exist. So anybody who's new, FYI, this is a sanctuary for people who unconditionally love humanity and themselves and everyone has flaws and imperfections and nobody's born, taught, learned. And every human being either has the ability to be their Zen master or is still with this defectiveness, shame, button, heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart, and has not moved into their optimized human being version. So they're not evil if they're nasty. They're just people who don't know how to get out of their adaptive child that is now using transference. And that transference means they're doing, um, what is it called? Like, oh, you looked at me weird. That means you don't like me. And obviously we have different degrees. If we look at the scale of Michael Stone, 1 to 22, the evil 1 to 9 are ordinary people who make mistakes. They get into trouble, unfortunately, for mistakes. And then we have 9 to 16 or 12. No, 16. And those are the grandiose people. A lot of adaptive children follow those. So here's where we'd have cult leaders, obviously. Because they're actually looking to have people follow them. In fact, one of the notes that this docu-series was talking about is that they're in love with themselves. And then they were really not nice with how they described the narcissist. They, they used words that erroneously represent what a narcissist has in the foundation. So they don't acknowledge the aspect of the inflated ego being something that's protecting the actual ego that is crushed and torn apart. And inside that body is a poor infant who felt defective from whenever it was and is, in fact, from probably an abusive, neglectful household. In fact, the first cult leader they were talking about comes from a household where he was not tended to. And then he moves into another household. And this is where nobody talked about that aspect. They just talked about, obviously the journey of the person with the foundation of the person being in a not ideal mental state for themselves and for obviously other people as they became and moved into doing what they did. So it's not about justifying people. It's about explaining the difference is this person is not a demon. There's not a devil. I think they're dead now. They were a person with trauma. They began life with trauma They never got help. They never got given help. And narcissists, if diagnosed, can get help and they can move out of it. Obviously, they would need to be the ones who want to move into traits that don't involve what they get identified with. So this is the part of where people, if they don't actually take ownership and they just use words, they're doing, I'm going to label myself now. Because that's what people tend to do when they don't know that they're a piece of life piece of consciousness but they also don't know it because the past psychoeducators did not explain to the death of them one gene can't make you into anything 
your diagnoses is not fixed. Attachment styles are not fixed. The uh, diagnosis of even a person <clears throat> with the antisocial personality diagnoses, the psychopath is the only one that has an actual brain structure differentiation. But for the narcissist and the sociopath, for them it was completely, or at least so far it shows there's no brain structure deficit of production of certain things. So the brain structure works the same as ours. The psychopath's difference is that their amygdala gets alerted when there's danger, but it doesn't have the same depth. Like they compared it to where a normal, or I should say um, typical, the typical, not normal. So the typical, neurotypical brain has like a colored scan when there's the amygdala gets alerted. The, the amygdala instead of a psychopath's brain structure, so neuroatypical, is not in color, it's uh, black and white. So they're alerted differently. And then their cingulate doesn't have as loud as a voice. And that's where we get told, okay, is it a bad idea? And they're also, um, it's the prefrontal, or it's a part where basically it's our social, um, where we recognize we're out, we're in society, we, we should do something for others. It's a social obligation kind of thing. I forget the word of that part of the brain. So long story short, that doesn't light up at all. And therefore, their brain structure is what creates a different way of perceiving life and therefore then a different way. And then there's a lot of other things that we could talk about, but that was not really where I was headed, except for saying these people can get supported. There is no reason to stigmatize them. Docu-series and movies are doing a really horrible job at actually um, helping to spread good information. And that's always been the case. Uh, and really, it's up to the people, every person, to want to learn about people. So if people want to keep believing in evil, this is, by the way, not the platform for you. Evil doesn't exist. If there's anything that I've shared is that evil is a person without a good psychologist. And it's a good one, not the crappy ones. So somebody who knows about somatics, sensory motor, trauma, neuroscience, and the whole spiel of things my lovely regular listeners listen about. And so there you go. Anybody who has structural dissociation, I've met them. They're, it's not a somebody who loses their, their shit. No, no. They just don't know that they're actually applying their inner child wound all over the place. And that's called transference. And they're making out good, bad, and rescue or di dilemmas. It's all over the place. It's a teenager, but it's an adult who doesn't recognize that. So one of the examples is if you're getting rejected by somebody you really, really like, and um, you have preoccupied attachment style, and then you're intuitive too, which we all are, but you also have a way of tapping into your clairs because some of us are more aware of the this layer and that's the part of where putting the blame upon another person is what the adaptive child will do shame blame fault and revenge these are the four things that people who ruminate and stay within their unresolved trauma so long story short 5d people don't do any of that but when it does happen if we are in any situation where we get nasty we're not going to respond with nasty because we are the zen masters of ourselves and the zen master of the zen tradition story we know how to handle a situation that is basically a behavioral situation as long as there's no physical life threat we're not going to need to do anything again evil doesn't exist now the 9 the 16 to 22 is where we have people who are psychopaths and uh, prolonged torture for Michael Stone's list of evil. 
And as he points out at the beginning of his video, is it really right for us to use this term? For thousands of years, it was only used in religion and philosophy. But I saw that all these people, normal people, journalists, prosecutors, they used the word. So I went ahead and did a study. And he's a professor of forensics criminology at, I think it's the University of Columbia. So we're not going to use that word. And when we do, actually, we're going to say it's a person that doesn't have a good psychologist, that doesn't have a good uh, background on what it means to be a human that could use psychoeducation that tells them about the defectiveness shame button that they might not want to know anything about because their dysregulated, modulated body suffers because trauma memory is really, really painful. So the therapists have to negotiate with their clients and say, we're going to get you out of hell, but you're going to have to climb a ladder and that ladder burns. And we're going to leave it at that as my lovely Leo season is for those of you who are the Zen masters of yourself and your group or want to be, and you are just clear, this is a sanctuary for people who love people, not anything else. We don't heal in the sense of if you and I are friends, I don't heal you. I support you. I can do a Reiki session and that can clear away whatever you don't need. But guess who's going to get to do the active thinking and the active choices of how am I going to lead myself to a inner and outer well-being? So it's your choice, and then, of course, the people around you matter, which is why we want to create Zen Masters. We want all infinite higher human consciousness, potential experience, people. It's easy peasy, the Enlightenment Soul Age group. Not everybody wants to be here because they want to sit with their likes and dislikes and say to other people, if you're not what I like, then I don't want you, and if you're not what I like or you are what I like, whatever it is, they're choosing how to be teenagers for the rest of their life. So leave them alone. Push them to the side and allow yourself to use time right here. Effectively, we build relationships that are beautiful. And we don't build them based on you have to give me shit. No, you do you and I do me. So that's one of the reasons why we also have the solo poly. For my lovely regular listeners, it's because there are a group of us that are polyamorous, especially with the knowledge of our twin flames, soulmates, our entire oversoul. It's something very beautiful and it's very special and it's not confusing in any way, shape or form. And that's because our twin flames or flame or soulmates are not our property. These are human beings who have the free will, even though I can't wait for that one book to come out where it says we don't have free will from the guy. He's a neuroscience person. And, uh, and, and even Sabine talks about it. I need to watch her video. So here's where we're going to get into it today. Um, let me be clear, we support each other, and if you meet any people that you think are in really great need of a good somatic sensory motor or trauma therapist, they can send you links, let me know. Remember, they won't acknowledge necessarily anything, because what the movies show as normal are all those shame cycle uh, distractions, sex, food, alcohol, drugs, going around being grown-up teenagers and thinking that that's the way you're going to uh, get by and get to tomorrow. And that, unfortunately, doesn't help them to expand their window of tolerance to a window of welcome and then to become familiar and a lot of other things. But again, um, it's not your job. You can't make a person aware of themselves. You can only share as a true friend, hey, <laughs> like the sad guru quote, I'm going to say, you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit, and it's meaning we tell each other direct communication, and then we love and are nice to each other the same, because really, the direct communication, it's about caring. So we don't impose, even when people don't understand what we do, why we do, and we nag at each other, 
the grown-ups can nag at each other without going into, oh, my family is a toxic family or this or that. Anybody who wants to use terms to identify their life, they have not moved into Purusha Prakriti. They're not interested in a 5D life. It's okay. They don't have to. They're interested in a life that has a group, and they're called a group that wants to define things and put it into boxes. And those are all adaptive children who need to be told how to do things back to that documentary, the cult series, they're all people that wanted to be told what to do. They wanted somebody to tell them. In fact, all the people that in this first episode he got together were same people that had just as disturbed, unfortunate, neglectful, and unhappy households. There you go. And households that they were, though, not able to come together with and just a lot of things that are the norm which is why we want to create more mindful relationships. So I want to support people to become their Zen masters so that you can be at least the good friend who is aware of not being a non-disciple. Let me gang up on some compulsive human being. No, no. Let's talk to the cheater, the liar, the uh, person who drinks a little too much. The person. There's a way that you can actually come into people's lives and be the compassionate mirror doesn't mean we heal and know. It doesn't mean anything. In fact, some don't move anywhere near the expansion of themselves. Some continue to use the dark sides of neuroplasticity. They continue to use their imagination in rumination land, in Maya land. And there's the falling in love with themselves. And then they have those groups where they're all in love with themselves. Whatever it is their group talks about, that's what they do. Or there's the one siphon. They're focused only on their theory, their stuff. So there's plenty of ways we can talk about the Maya land mindsets we're not going to. Just know that you're not there to change a person. You share something that is important if it is physically important. So the only time I've personally, as I got older, as a kid, I learned how to get here, thanks to my mother and my twin particularly, because they're the only ones who get to put up with the actual uh, aspect of personal invasion, since personal is very close to home. This is the part personal, that's why our family is our playground. Or for those who don't grow up, it's their training ground. But for those of us who are grown-ups, it's our playground because we love our loved ones, they love us. And even if there's hurt, it doesn't change because we don't actually hurt each other. It's called where we misalign. So we don't see eye to eye. A grown-up doesn't have a hurt ego because this is the part. We're grown-ups. It's okay, you're different, I'm different. We're differentiated and we link. So you can use all the nasty words you want. I'm not you. And your nastiness has nothing to do with me. And it's not nastiness. It's your opinion and the way you've chosen your love language. or what. It's not a love language, but it's a love language to the grown-ups because you've chosen to disregard your charge states, your unresolved trauma, your compulsive behaviors. You've chosen to disregard because the movies make it look normal to do what you're doing. Okay? Straightforward? Good. So anybody who has something to complain about people, this is not the uh, episode for you because we talk about self-awareness and then we talk about how you can help people if they are open to expansion, they expand. If not, it's okay because you're not in the relationships because they have to change. You're the grown-up Zen master who knows forgiveness and really you don't even use the word. It's called, I'm a person, you're a person, and if we're hanging out, it's because I chose that it's something I enjoy you have a personality, I have a personality, you have quirks, I have quirks, that's it, stop, period. As long as there's no physical impediments going on, you're good. 
And so solo poly, there's a reason. Your self-agency means you know how to tend to yourself. Safe haven, secure base, your relationship, they're all pluses. You're not a necessarily couple-centric. Not everybody is this. So some people are monogamous or they are a uh, poly with other attributes. They want to build a home with somebody. They want finances. They want to have children, all that stuff. But still, if you are independent, secure attachment, means you do not say, oh, you did this to me. Now you owe me something. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Now you owe me an apology. These are not the languages that the Zen masters use, Enlightenment Soul Atrib, okay? And on that note, our lovely Leo season brings those who are in love with life the ability to support those who want to move into this arena. And those who do want to move into this arena, they've discovered their own ability to be their flawed and perfect self thanks to being presented with compassionate mirrors while going through challenging times. Um, the part about relationships, if people have situations that are very important to note, you tell them. If you're building a relationship with someone and you feel that they might be inconsiderate in a way that is a lot, that's when you say, hey, I think we're going to get a good therapist like Terry Real or someone like that, or you can buy his course. He makes it accessible. Even though I think a mediator is ideal when a person feels that a partnership is overwhelming because it means you're not in your window of welcome because you've considered it overwhelming. It's not a race. It's a objective truth with yourself. The love cycle people, love button means my family pokes, love comes out. I get upset, I can get love to come out anyways. And it's not something that is a burden. It's something that's straightforward and it's a choice. It's a conscious choice because it's something you can choose to do. Okay, so you get to choose. Some people, they feel overwhelmed. If there's overwhelm, that's your window of tolerance and that's the time you get somebody to be in the middle because they're going to help you and they're going to be the uh, little ding, 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 ding. So pausing, having somebody that pauses is effective because it helps to pause your brain, you start breathing, people calm down, and you enter your ventral vagal nervous system, and you start to learn how to engage from a place of ease, to be um, uh, stopping the reactivity. It takes practice before you can actually implement it. That's why our relationships are important. So the ones of us who don't need that, what we do, we pause on our own. And then we're able to create a conversation and we try to realign. So we're misattuned. We say, okay, let's, let's come back together here. Let's resonate. Let's, let's figure out this way to come. So the ones who are open to that, uh, they usually don't reject the hand that is handed to them. And they take it and they enter into dialogue. Okay, And then from that dialogue, though, you build. You don't destroy some people, they actually um, have this in and out behavior, but it's because they don't know how to maintain a state of ease within their relationships that equates the functional adult. So they have an adaptive child list of things that they want, and there you go. Agreements are what they do. So if you don't do what I like and you don't do what I dislike or whatever it is, they're going to put up their little barriers and that's harsh unforgiveness and that's your adaptive child right there. 
hero, villain, rescuer. Okay, so enough about those people because there's plenty of them out there doing their own stuff. And back to us. For you, you are able to handle or you're getting that additional support for whatever's come your way in life. And if you've gotten the additional support, the compassionate mirrors are able to show you the way to your own beauty and the way to what a actually group of loving people, even if it's just one, indicates. So if you're going through a harsh time, the people who love you, they're not going to allow you to be distracted if they're Zen masters. And what this means is we don't actually say, let's go and do this bunch of stuff and get distracted. We actually acknowledge that there's something important going on. We hug, we sit together, and we allow ourselves to understand that this is a moment. Obviously, you want to do things that you enjoy. So yes, if you love music, you go do music. You love painting, you go painting. You love you know, to do everything you can to surround yourself and bring to yourself that which comforts you. And then this is only one part, though, because if you're not contemplating the challenging situation with your own mind, if you're not the one who's thinking it through, you're not going to create a secure attachment within yourself. The Zen master knows the importance when a person is choosing self-awareness, okay? There's an awareness of the importance of them being able to make sense in an equanimous way of the things that took place. If you put likes and dislikes, then you're doing karma. If you say uh, life is a struggle, life is evil, people are evil, this is evil, this is the part of where people don't move beyond their 4D, 3D, or those other soul age groups. And it's not good or bad, it just is a different experience because they're not aligning with their own Purusha Prakriti again and again and again. So they're not able to implement their own pure energy force because their body is not something they work with the body i'm talking about your embodied brain your nervous system so i use me when i get afraid i still will go and seek that support i don't have a ideal support because of there being a little bit of uh, differentiation in how i get reacted to when i'm in my state of panic but it's okay i'm used to it and i actually acknowledge how it helps to compensate and complete However, long story short, what I'm trying to say is it's not ever in a state that is overwhelming because these are relationships that you will have learned that you have with life. It's normal for the unknown uncertainty and unwanted to be scary and emotionally impactful. What's also though normal for those of us who are okay with our emotions is that we're not overwhelmed. We just breathe through it, get through it. So again, the part about what you want to remember is your relationship to it. So when people have tsunamis in their body, that's where they seek the mediators. And that's because it's feeling very overwhelming. Okay, so it's very important. If you feel overwhelmed, you always want to know there's good somatic sensory motor and trauma experts out there. They help. They're important. Because the one thing that I've noticed, people that don't do this journey they don't learn how to work with their window of tolerance because they don't, one, believe a mentor or a friend who's a mentor. And even though if they go to the therapist, they might not believe the therapist, but at least the therapist would remind them of this again and again and again, or they're paying buttloads of money, so maybe they would remember it on their own. I don't know how to explain it differently, but it's sad to see people not recognize that every time 
they handle a difficulty with the low energy, they don't actually expand their own consciousness because they don't move into a higher energy state. They sit in what they were handed with the struggle. And that's the part that it's understandable, again, humanly speaking, but they're given the opportunity to take life and to bring their own mind. Okay, it's life. It's normal. And again, it is a mechanism. You expand to more of a window of welcome when you say, I'm going to be curious. You add Krishna Lina. It's your thought that chooses it. I choose to be curious about this thing. <clears throat> I've personally started to try doing that when I get afraid. I said, let me get curious about the sensation in my body versus getting afraid of it. So you choose through your thinking. Now you can do it with this lovely group of people. Again, the somatic experts, sensory motor, they support you. Or you can also be your own mediator or there are plenty of good consultants, mentors, people in the middle that have basics of somatic, somatic experiencing, even some are officially also therapists besides coaches, consultants, right? So as long as they're expanding your knowledge and they're telling you things and not dictating to you how to do things, you want to always make sure they, they're all inclusive. This means they don't tell you not to do something. They give you information and then they help you to feel at ease with them. And then they say there's other options. They always add in a w very um, helpful way the options you have and they don't exclude your opportunities. So sometimes people that are in different, um, what is it called, roles, they feel threatened by each other because they're adaptive children who are insecure because they're competing with other roles versus thinking, who am I helping? If you think of helping people, you're not going to exclude what can help them. You're going to include every single bit of information that you can possibly gather to help a person for real. So personal development, it's a multifaceted arena because you have an embodied brain to begin with. And no person who does not have this bit of new somatic sensory motor, it's new to me, meaning I hadn't known of it until I did. Um, and the people who do know of it, if they're explaining it to you as a person, not you as a machine, they're helping you to get into a relationship with your human experience. Okay, so Leo season has brought to you aspects that were turbulent. The ones of you who are Zen masters and have been love cycle, mm, turbulent as well, but in a different degree. Because your expansion is purely... Um, through that relationship with the field of consciousness. So you don't have tower moments that are humongous because your foundation is solid. So you're actually expanding the window of energy, window of welcome. It's that physical mastery. Others, though, you've gained emotional mastery and you're moving into physical mastery, meaning where you are finally your own Zen master. And so you know how to make choices that are for your inner well-being, your outer well-being, and the people that are around you matter. So if you've had to set things into an organized state, you've done so, and you are also looking to move away from those who do not have your best interest in mind. It doesn't mean that you're not friends with them or no, not canceled, that's only adaptive children. What it means is you know these are the people that don't support when I'm down and under. They don't help me to gain clarity. They don't help me to understand myself. They don't uplift me. They actually 
allowed me to perpetuate things that are not actually helpful. So the people who have come across compassionate mirrors, they actually have realized because of people who tend to them with care and love, they've realized that there are those who don't tend to them with care and love. And then being that they've went through a pretty challenging situation, they actually are, um, again, understanding how to be surrounded by those who instead uplift them and then how to silence those who don't. Because the other part is the voices around you. So while some people, the ones who want to get distracted, they don't like when those of us who are actually substance say, you know, you should talk about what's going on. Let's move into equanimity. So they don't appreciate equanimity talk. People who want to stay in the vibration of the down, they actually uh, choose to stay in it. And some people are going to do another round of that. And that's not good or bad. It just is not learning how to move into your prakriti. Because you're not your purusha. You're not aware of yourself. You're not allowing your mind to be in your cortex. And then to work through the emotion of, of course it's here. You have a freeing moment. So you let the tears come out. You let the all come out. And then you get back to the day. And it's not because you're pretending that nothing happened. Here's where some people think that if you are in a state of upset, you're supposed to carry it around with you all the time. This is why we get different and mixed messages because people don't know the flow of emotion. Emotion lasts like 60 seconds or 90 seconds or I forget, but there's a time for every emotion. When it's prolonged, you're doing it in your own temporal junction because you're thinking about it. This is the part of the self. So when you think of something, you actually prolong the amount of upset you're going to have about it because you're using your mind for it. If you can, disengage from it. But this is the part of why it's working with your own self. This is why it's a choice to be that 5D and uh, your self-empowered, your own safe haven, secure base. Some people, they don't want to. They're not going to keep their energy up when the energy is low when they use distractive methods, they think they're doing themselves a service unless they are aware. So when you're aware, this is the part. The ones who are aware of that being a disservice, they're not going to be oblivious to it. They're going to be aware that they're coping and that they're doing something in the middle because that's how they want to handle this situation. And so some people, they're aware of themselves, they're aware of their coping mechanisms, they're aware that they want to get out of it, but they're aware of giving themselves some lee room, leeway, as they move into their next phase. So it's very different, okay? So when you're aware of yourself in a way that says, I am Purusha Prakriti, and this is where we got a group of people that were given input that they were not worthy they were aware of that being bullshit, but they didn't have the complete awareness until they did. So remember, we have at least two types of energies. I described them to you, I think it was yesterday, I don't remember, but the one that's very wise, very faint, very, not faint, but it's like the wind of the um, mountains. It's a very wise, after a turbulent, a lot of things. So they first were completely 
turned off, if you will, completely denied themselves everything. So shattered their self completely. They have reemerged from the land of the essentially uh, quote unquote dead. So they, they've, they've definitely gotten out of that shame defectiveness button. But to get there, they actually did a lot of, um, it's kind of like the story of Sadhguru. There is a story of the one dude who does uh, think he's fighting for the right reasons. But what he realizes is that it's all vengeance. And so this is where a teenager with a zero-year-old with a shame defectiveness cycle. Person who will have been in a state of doing a lot of things that they regret. They look to the past and they see all the areas where they brought what they did have with them. And particularly with relationships. There will be an awareness of what they actually actively did reactively not because it's their fault but because they had addictive compulsive behaviors the maladaptive responses the safety behavior responses of an adaptive child who has a victim and then a hero and then a villain and then a rescuer and has all this shit go down in my land and is blinded by falling in love with the image of people oh there's my ideal household so they fall in love with the relationship they fall in love with money, they fall in love with everything outside, and they do uh, a 360, if you will, on what actually is substance. So let's say you meet pure love, throwing it in the trash, completely disregarding it, completely thinking of it as shit, even making fun of people that are compassionate, gossiping about them, even uh, at a certain point, spotting and identifying them and thinking of them as Oh, I'm going to point a finger at that person. So the people who are Zen masters with the mysticism, and that's the ones who are here as I am right now. So they will have began essentially a long time ago and knowing about 5D. We know that people who have not become their full self, they get pissy when they're in our presence. They don't tell us. We can feel the energy. And all we have to do is think of who we're picking up on and we know exactly why. And this is where we're not going to get into that. We feel bad, not for ourselves, for the person and for the people. Because having any type of vindictive and vengeful energy, ah, it's really sucky. And it's in your body. And the worst part is it's in their imagination. It's in their brain. And they're thinking up shitty stories and it's all bullshit. And they could be using their time differently, like saying, you know, why am I actually shitting on a person who's somebody who I know, who I love, whatever it is. They could put it in so many different ways, but because they don't know about inner growth mindset, they only know about inner critic, outer critic. The minute they would start thinking is, I'm a shitty person. Look at me. Look at me thinking shitty shit. Oh, I'm so horrible. Fuck me. Fuck me. And you can only do that so long before your brain is going to be like, fuck that shit. No, it's not me. It's them. That's why hero, villain, rescuer is not a, a grown-up land. It's a teenager land, and it's in the brains of people, and it's called rumination, and it's in a biochemistry of fear, which is why we feel bad for them, not for us. The part about it being quote-unquote unfair, we're grown up enough to know, eh, is it unfair? It's not unfair. They're not doing anything to me. I'm not doing anything to them. It's not necessary to use this word. We have no interactions except for the facade interactions that they're going to want to present. Those are the please appeasers, by the way. And uh, we don't actually engage 
with anything except for the right silence. And really, we don't apply ourselves. Zen masters will not apply themselves to anything that is childish because we only share love. So we don't even know it's happening until we do. And it's always in a, at the outside, meaning it's not near us. It's something that we wish people would recognize because it's really sad that they have to go through their entire life like this dude in this story who ends up figuring it out and then once he awakens he goes and up the hill he goes so grown-up land would mean not up the hill they actually take ownership okay i had a lot of shit go down as i was growing up so it's normal that i had this type of predictive brain and actually, you know what, I have self-compassion and I also am going to take action and make sure I mend these relationships and also I won't use my brain like that anymore. I'm not going to go pointing fingers in my brain at people and create this hero-villain journey. It's a bullshit way to use my brain. So people who move out of that whole crap of rumination without a problem are the ones who say, I'm not going to think these things of a person because this is unnecessary. It's really that I don't like their opinion. And what usually happens is people don't like that we are unconditionally loving with all humanity so that everyone is special. The infant wants to feel more special. They want to be seen as the only one you have eyes for. They want to be soothed. And then when you're not soothing them because you don't see them because you're sharing your eyes with somebody else, this is the part. The infant gets scared. So again, we know why we feel bad and why we don't do shit with people who get menstrual, spiteful because they're a child who doesn't know that they're pissy and they're actually insecure emotionally, mentally, and everything, and they're creating a shit show in their brain without even ever once contemplating what the fuck am I doing in my brain? Why am I thinking about a person like this? Because as teenagers, people decided to do the drama land. Oh, nobody sees me. I'm all alone. My only friend is myself. And there you go. And that's what people as grown-ups, so some people, they're doing that right now. They're going through a tough time, and they're talking to themselves like that. Okay, so the, leave them. They're not going to be part of your Zen master community. They're going to be a part of your playground because they're loved ones. That's it. The ones who are in the middle, who are consciously aware that they're using their time in a way that they don't need to be, but that they're kind of doing half and half, okay? So they're going to allow themselves to achieve their next best step proactively they got plans they got where they're going it all depends on how much they are with the intent of succeeding to be their maximum energy so if they want more of their prakriti and they want more of their purusha experience then they're going to easily lean towards more of that that means that their wiggle room is really in a way this is how much I'm going to give me to do this and waste my time, but then I'm going to do this to make sure I don't waste it. So when you're in this state, here's why your years are very standard. And at a certain point, you're just living that specific life that you've chosen. Some people, they get to do this because, you know, they don't have to put in the effort. Life is beautiful how it is with the different types of things that take place. We're not in any rush. We're not trying to speed it up, slow it down. You know, the only people who are competing with speeding up and slowing down are people who don't own their own day-to-day life. So our relationships, we don't look to speed it up or slow it down. Our relationships are built as secure connections for my solo poly. And those of you who are relationship anarchists and also there's non-hierarchical relationship 
For those of you who instead have a different dynamic, then you will have the uh, finances, domestic. You might be choosing to create those couples that are, there's a triangle one. For those who are monogamous, you're instead building a relationship that's monogamous. Um, there's that. You know how to see when somebody is safe haven, secure base. This is straightforward as it gets. Your community of the non-disciples is fine who they are. If they're disciples, you're not going to go around telling your friends what to do with their life or your family. You're there to be the person who can actually enjoy every single one of those experiences because you know what it brings to you. So if there's anything that is for sure for my Zen masters this Leo season is that you have no questions about your relationships. You know who uplifts you and why and how. And if you had any doubts of your own beauty, you are no longer in any doubt of it. You know you're beautiful, amazing, like anybody else, and flawed and perfect like anybody else. And it's okay because nobody is evil in the sense of demonic. There are no demons. If there's anything, we're going to use our lovely sad guru, where is his quote on what we are, since we are integrating human, spiritual, and spirituality elements. So our sad guru, not only does he share with us about love, but there's another one, whether you call it a stone, a demon, this one's morality. Nope. Let's see. Hold on. We got, I got so many that it's not even funny. Here it is. Nope, that's wherever you may be. So whether you call it a stone, a demon, a divine, I can't find it, my lovely listeners, anybody who's new, give me a second. Actually, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause you. Found it. Okay. Whether you call it a stone, a tree, an animal, a man, a demon, or the divine, everything is the same energy manifesting itself in a million different ways. He also lets us know how family is a training ground to rise above and beyond, excuse me, likes and dislikes for the lovely Zen masters. It's a playground, not a training ground. We love to become more and more equanimous, and it is thanks to our lovely family and our lovely loved ones. Remember that trauma memory is stored in the tissues, the muscles, the bones, and so trauma victims cannot recover until they become familiar with and befriend the sensations in their bodies. Dr. Bezel van der Kolk. Once that happens, and here's why, Sadhguru, love means being willing to nurture another life beyond opinions and prejudice. And here's why our mindful relationships are important, because we're the ones who allow those who do get seen and they see the compassion and you present to them the fragments and it's like a handful, but they don't say, no, I don't want to see them. They say, wow, you've presented to them to me with compassion. I can look at all of my, my stuff with compassion. Mm -hmm. I see that like you said, and like you are, everybody's flawed and perfect. Huh, I can, I can work to get better at this. That's really awesome. Oh, wow, really, thank you. The people who take the compassionate mirror, it's because they see their worth, because they're ready to dissolve this shame, effectiveness, this bullshit thing that I don't know my body, but I know a lot of people who don't live out their beautiful life as the personalities they are because they don't have the ability to say, well, you know what, yeah, everyone's pretty much fucked up, so <laughs> I can get better, I really can. But I can only when I have the people who tell me you're a piece of shit <laughs> for real not pretend 
And let's work on this, shall we? You know, and it's not in the sense of shaming, though. It's in the actual sense of we care about each other. There is a difference when you have a tone of shame, blame, fault, or revenge. And that's why adaptive children don't create repairs because they're not actively trying to repair. They're act actively uh, insulting. They have prejudice. They don't go beyond the opinions and prejudice. No. When you're a Zen master, you don't actually say something because you're judging. You share because you see something. Again, when a person grows up, they recognize that being around anyone who is a secure base and safe haven of themselves means that they're not in the Enlightenment Soul Age group. They're not going to be more special than another. They're equally special. So they're going to have to handle that. And only if they're self-empowered can they, because that would mean they're not going to be afraid to lose you. And that's the secure attachment that they need to build within themselves. So it's not our responsibility. And this is for my 5Ds and masters in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, Solo Poli. It's not our responsibility for any person that will be afraid of losing us. You can say what you say, and you know what? Time tells it all, because your actions speak louder than words. Whenever I've had any person basically have, not an issue, but not know how to handle my polyamory status with my twin flames, I always say, you know, love is love. Um, that's not something that actually changes within me. I will always love people that I've loved. So I'm a forever person, and that's where Rumi, as he says, it's only those who love with their eyes that say goodbye, those who love with their heart and soul. We don't know separation. Also, the whole thing that time never does exist is amazing once you figure that one out, and we'll talk more. But what I'm trying to get at is if people are not sure if you'll stay or go, they either are going to allow you to show them that you're going to stay or not. And that's pretty straightforward. So for me, it's always been give it time and I'll show you that my love doesn't change. But that means they need to be there too, right? So they need to participate. And most people are not, uh, they're Zen masters. Let's just put it that way. Because there's not a bunch of enlightenment. So age folk out there. So I'm talking about people who actually have complete and beyond self-mastery. They're emotionally, mentally mature. They know what they want in life. They have fun in life. Uh, they don't actually waste any time of their life doing anything that is harmful. And not because of not enjoying. No, it's because if you're a grown-up and you're starting to grow up, either you're going to start to treat your body a certain way or you're going to be a moron. Okay, so, I mean, that's, that's as easy as it gets. And sometimes people want to have these. We're not going to have them right now. But long story short, Anybody who treats their body as their sanctuary and their mind will not be doing anything in excess. They will learn moderation very easily, might I add. And they will be very calculative about it as well. For example, the cigarettes. I knew at a certain point I would want to reduce it. In fact, I didn't have to struggle. I got stuck somewhere and I even laughed about that because I knew that I was going to get something good. And then I was going to get to handle something quote-unquote bad. It wasn't bad. I just had to handle a like and a dislike which is part of the growing up into Purusha Prakriti game. So, Prakriti. We don't actually tell somebody, oh yes, I'm going to make sure you know I'm here. No, you either believe me or you don't, and time will tell you. So you do what you want to do. I'm not going to hold you by a string, and I'm not going to let you hold me by a string, because that's not what free will or free souls do. We allow each other to know it's safe to be ourself, which means fly, 
fly, little bird, fly, and be beautiful and soar. A person who is an actual Zen master wants to see all of our oversoul shine. We are amazed when they're up there shine. We want them to be seen by other people. We don't want to keep them for what that was the most selfish thing ever. We want people to enjoy them because we know how beautiful they are. So imagine when instead you see your oversoul pieces. This is the part. It's heartbreaking. So let me leave that to the side. It's heartbreaking, meaning when we see people that we know can thrive, stick to their story. But it is a choice. Meantime, for us, let's create more Zen master relationships, become more of the beautiful love and compassion. And remember, everybody has their own experience. Leave them alone if they're not vibing in that enlightenment. But don't leave them alone. Of course, if they want to hug, hug them and be always compassionate with yourself and others. Have a wonderful day. We'll be back again with more.